The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a came from the radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than Fishy Sarcasm's Dominic Definition Man Serrano. Good evening, everybody. And we have L Man Jenny Felder. Good day. I'm in a different time zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're in a day and you're in the evening, good, good night, everyone. <laughs> On this week's show. Good morning, good evening, good night, and goodbye. You know, what, what was that thing? Exactly. The Truman, yeah. Yeah. I never saw that movie. Good morning, good um, evening, good afternoon, and good night. I would say I would, I'm shocked by that, but I'm not <laughs> at all. Like, so on this week's show, we have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Our senior correspondent, Charles Saladino, has an interview with uh, director and writer of the new independent film, The One, Sarah Martin. And um, also, our senior correspondent, Charles Saladino, at the WinterCon, has an interview with uh, actress Denise Crosby, and our very own L Man Jenny Feldy is going to review the new uh, film Mysteries from the Grave Titanic. About uh, to watch it. Can't wait. But before we do any of that, let's take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we already have to show of celebrating over 26 years of compliments and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is going to be scheduled for the 5th of May, and that is the Big Apple Trading Card Show. Also want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grill, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, famous Jesse Media, Unchikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout out? Go to our website, www.camefrenner.com. There's a little button out there. Take you right to our Patreon page. And just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout out on our show. Whew, that's a lot. All right, so let's see. We have a big bag of, of sad news just got delivered. So we'll see if we can burn through this as fast as possible. All right, actress Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, young fellow Freed, uh, died recently as of this recording, which is April the 6th of 2022. No cause of death has been announced. While Barry appeared in such films as Nightmare of Blood, Vampire, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, and, or I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Moviola, The Scarlet O'Hare War, just name a few. Barry is perhaps best known for a role of Jan Hoffmeyer Gray in 120 episodes of the sitcom It's a Living, which ran from 1980 to 1982 on ABC and then revived in first run syndication from 1985 to 1989. Um, Dominic, to finish, did you ever watch It's a Living back in the day? I don't think so, really, because I, I wasn't old enough, really, ah. and it wasn't something that really came out. I don't remember like catching it on Nick at Night or anything like that when I was uh, a little older. 
So I remember watching it because it had um, Crystal Bernard in it, and she was the female lead in the TV series Wings. But this was like before Wings. So okay. as I was watching TV, I was like, hey, I know that girl. And I started watching episodes. But the thing is, she joined the cast when the show became syndicated. Mm-hmm. So whenever she wasn't on, I'm like, ah, I'm not watching this. So I am very <laughs> familiar with the You're other so actress. Fickle. But yeah, but she was she was in there. I remember her. She was a good actress. It was funny. It was entertaining. I am afraid to ask, so I'm not going to. So I'll just say that she was 75 and we'll keep it moving. Sometimes I'll it's good this. to trust your instincts. Uh, I'll say this of the actress. I'm looking up her IMDb as I do when we do these these pieces. And there's, I must have seen her. Because she was in so many other things, right? So many other television shows. Yes. So again, she happens to be one of those actresses, performers. It's like, oh, that's her. You know, like yeah. clearly you run across her in something. She's, she's a that guy actress, but it's a that yeah, girl. Yeah, she's, she's she's that girl. You know, she was even up in in ninety eight. The last thing she was credited for in nineteen ninety eight, she was in Law and Order. Yeah. So chances are, I must have seen her in something. Yes. So moving on, but more sad news. Actor Paul Herman also died recently, and also no cast of death has been announced. Uh, despite Paul appearing in a slew of films such as Easy Money, One Time in America, The Purple Rose of Cairo, The Last Temptation of Christ, Big, Mexican, Cadillac Man, Quick Change, Goodfellas, The Mighty Aphrodite, Casino, Heat, Sleepers, Follows Day, Copland, Starstruck, Analyze That, We Own the Night, Crazy Heart, Little Fokker, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle, just name a few. <gasps> Paul is perhaps known for his role as Whispers de Tulio in The Irishman. Now, I know Dominic has seen that movie. Oh, I've. Now, here's the opposite because, like, half of these movies I've seen, which I know you haven't. Correct. <laughs> yeah. He's been um, in, in many things. He, he's pretty much like a go to uh, mob actor, or was anyway. In fact, I remember him uh, also recently, he was in American Hustle. And he's done a lot of work with Robert De Niro. Yeah. So, so once again, he's he's, he's and that he guy. he was in The Sopranos. <laughs> he's that guy. He was, he was that guy. He was one. He's one of those. There's like a class of actor that did just does a lot of mob movies, and they all know each other. A lot of them, like I said, were in The Sopranos. It's just sort of certain of their own, like television <laughs> mafia, if you will. <laughs> That's kind of funny to think about it. Mm. So of note, Paul died on his 76th birthday. Turned 76, and then mm, out he went. Wow, um, that is that that is bizarrely um, serendipitous when that happens. Yeah, I know that happened to uh, Telly Savalas. He died on I think his 70th birthday. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. El man Johnny Feldy. Should I should I ask or should we continue on? <laughs> continue, continue. All right. Some more sad news. Actress Estelle Harris also died recently of natural causes. In addition to being in such films as, here we go, man, there's a lot of people. <gasps> Once Upon a Time in America, Stand and Deliver, This is the Love of My Life, Perfect Alibi, Out to Sea, Chairman of the Board, that's the Carrot Top movie, um, <laughs> Odd Couple Part 2, Lost and Found, Toy Story 2, as well as the sequels, Playing Mona Lisa, Brother Bear, uh, Teacher's Pet, Tarzan 2, Moving In, and Hawaiian Vacation, just to name a few, uh, and TV appearances such as Night Court, Good Advice, Adam's Family Reunion, The Bubbers Club, Kim Possible, Day the Barbarian, and The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, just to name a few. Estelle is perhaps best known for her role as George's mother on the 27 episodes of the series Seinfeld, which ran from 1992 to 1998. Now, I know Elman Jenny Feldy has watched episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> 
all of Seinfeld just finished the whole series again. And R.I.P., great actress. And now she's with Ben Stiller's dad, her on-screen husband, right? Correct. Yes, correct. correct. Yeah. Dominic, definitely. I know you also was a Seinfeld fan, correct? Or at least watched uh, that's some correct. I'm actually currently in a slow, occasional binge of Seinfeld on Netflix. And I just happened to come across her first episode that she was in, which was also the big episode that put really launched Seinfeld, the one called The Contest, where they have a contest of who can go longest without a certain act being performed upon oneself. Because, you know, we can't yes, radio. Yes. Um, mm, and mm-hmm. if, uh, and it's interesting because as I've been doing the slow, uh, like, uh, this, I want to watch something, but nothing's on. Let me throw Seinfeld on and watch a couple episodes. Um, it's interesting that you start seeing who of the, you know, legendary cast shows up when. So Newman by Wayne Knight doesn't show up till season three, even though he's mentioned in like one of the first seasons. And now Estelle Harris just shows up and it's weird that she just shows up right after she passed in terms of me watching it again. I honestly, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I thought she was dead already. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to join Dominic on this. I also thought she had already died, but I do remember her as, as a a great actress. And while I'm not, while I am not a Seinfeld fan, I can appreciate her talent and her comedic timing. Of course, you're not a Seinfeld fan. Uh, she was uh, 93. We have more, more sad news. We got to keep it going. Actress and author June Muriel Brown also died recently, and also uh, no closure that has been announced. While June's work carried her through many TV shows and films, she is perhaps best known as Dot Cotton in 2,884 episodes of the British series EastEnders from 1985 to 2022, pre-pandemic, taking a small break between 1993 and 1997. Of note, June has become the first and only soap actor to carry an entire episode single-handedly. The episode was titled Pretty Baby. Um, Her autobiography, uh, Before the Year Dot, was published in 2013. In 2015, June revealed that her eyesight was failing due to macular degeneration. Now, this was written into her character storyline. And finally, in February of 2020, just before the pandemic, at the age of 93, June announced that she would be leaving the series permanently. She was 95. Just goes to show, don't retire. <laughs> I've never seen EastEnders. I hear it's a very popular show. And for her to have that large amount of body of work, in addition to everything else that she's done, like if you look at it, it looks like, holy crap. And the only reason I haven't listed all that is because I've listed so many other things that everybody else just said uh, this was a, a big deal for the fans out there. Do, have any of you two ever watched EastEnders? No. No, I can't say that I have. Chances are that um, You've uh, my seen father her. might have seen it you ah. know, because he loved a lot of British television. Or my mother, they both loved a lot of British television at some point, but I can't even say definitively if they did. Um, I've, I've heard of it, but yeah, never watched it. Two over two thousand episodes. That's mind-boggling. To me. That's impressive. That's amazing. <sighs> All right, so final. <laughs> she's like, well, ninety-five. I'll hang it up. <laughs> wow. Last bit of sad news. Finally, actor and director Wang Yu, also known as Jimmy Wang or Jimmy Wang Yu also died recently, and also no cause of death has been announced. If you were a fan of old martial arts films of the 60s, 70s, 80s, or even the 90s, you have probably seen his work. Uh, 
because he appeared in such films as the Twin Swords, Magnificent Trio, Trail of the Balkan, Broken Blade, The One-Armed Swordsman, as well as his many sequels, Sword of Swords, The Chinese Boxer, and its sequels, The Magnificent Chivalry, The Invincible Sword, The Professional Killer, One-Armed Boxer, not related, The Invincible, The Last Duel, Black Friday, King of Boxes, King Kung Fu Mama, The Tattoo Dragons, Flying Fists of Death, I remember that one, Rage of the Masters, Master of the Flying Guillotine, and One-Armed Boxer, not related, and <laughs> Revenge of Kung Fu Mao, Thundering Ninja, and Soul, just name a few. Um, Hellman, Jenny Pilder, wow. were you a, a fan of Kung Fu movies back in the day or no? Um, I never really watched too many, and this show is confirming the more you know, the more you know you don't know. <laughs> and uh, the more you tell me about things going on in pop culture and movies, the more I realize I really have not seen very many. All right. Dominic, definitely a Kung Fu fan. I think you are. I am. I don't. I can't say I've seen any of these films, though. Uh, unfortunately, I'm very impressed by this massive body of work. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure I've seen one or two or three you or must four. Have. Yeah, because you're, you're I was certainly not watching any time. of the good movies, so you definitely <laughs> watch some of these. No disrespect to the martial <laughs> arts movies. No, of course of not. No. I, I like how El Man was saying, uh, you know, like the more you know, the more you don't know. Like you just need that that NBC star just shooting across the screen. <laughs> the more you know, the more you don't know. And my star will say, you don't know anything in this yeah. episode. Yep. So moving on, let's, let's see if we know about this. I doubt, I doubt it, but let's see. From the that's a lot of nuts. The new Sony slash Marvel flick. Uh, Morbius has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $39 million in ticket sales, beating out the new Sandra Bullock film, The Lost City, which made an additional $14 million in its second week of release. Those of you keeping track, the new Batman film is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, with $350 million, followed by the second third Spider-Man film with $229 million. Keep in mind that Spider-Man is still last year's highest grossing film. Uh, Morbius comes in at number 10. Morbius is starring Jared Leto, and I know L-Man Jenny Feldy loves her some uh, Jared Leto. Well, I like Jared Leto and the Gucci, which is what apparently everyone hates him for, which I guess that's all about my life. <laughs> yeah, whatever people hate, I will probably like, and that's what's happening. That's why you and Mark get along. <laughs> Dominic, have you seen any of the three movies mentioned yet? Uh, Batman, uh, Lost City, and or Morbus? Morbius? I have not at all. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen any of these things. Um, I'm actually, like, I was actually surprised when you said that it actually took number one and how much money it's already raked in. Because all I see on Facebook reviews. And, and my social media <laughs> is that it is terrible. It's a bomb. It No one liked it. No one saw it. So I'm actually quite shocked that it actually took number one because but I thought no one's seeing it. Here's the thing that, that we've said many times on this show. It doesn't matter how good the movie is. It all matters is the marketing that leads up to the premiere of the movie. So the marketing had to have been good enough. So maybe we're going to see it. And then like, I ain't seen this again. And then that's what happens. That's why people go to see this movie because of the marketing. It doesn't matter how good or bad the movie is until after they see it, then it takes that nosedive. But the initial, uh, what was it? The initial opening is all about the marketing. What's interesting to me is that I almost will see it when it comes to stars or <clears throat> whatever streaming platform it comes to, you know, because by that point it's free to watch essentially. Right. What I'm interested in is that as I'm looking through the IMDb of it, First, it has Matt Smith. I love Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor. But 
as I scroll down, it shows, and this is on IMDb. I do not consider this a spoiler because anyone can look this up. Michael Keaton is in it as Adrian Toomes, which I believe is the, um, the vulture. Yes, yes, Correct. because so, he's a, he's in the Sony uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's not connected to the DC uh, to the Disney uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Adrian Toomes was in he was the Vulture in Spider Man Homecoming, which is connected to the Marvel. Eh, Cinematic that's that's debatable. So what it is is because it's a Sony. What do you mean it's debatable? It's a Sony MCU. It's a Sony <laughs> Disney hybrid. So it is, but it isn't, and that's why the last Spider-Man movie made a made a distinction to make sure they they separate themselves from the Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it made so much money, they decided to continue the relationship. But that was meant to be the separation of the two universes. What that? So you're saying that that Spider-Man No Way Home was supposed to be their their because they were only contracted for three movies. And like, all right, that's it. We're done. We have our thing. That's why the movie did what it was. That was the mandate. That was what it had to do to, to, to separate it. That's why, you know, spoilers, what happens at the end of the movie that nobody remembers him because they want him on his own, separated mm. from the MCU Disney world. Oh, I see what you're saying. But they've clearly grounded Tom Holland Spider-Man in the MCU. Yes, but now he's everybody is he's gone now. You see what I'm saying? That's, he's ah. not, no, he's not gone. They just don't remember that Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Right. They still know that Spider-Man is, is can, out there. They can have a computer-generated guy and not be that actor, is what I'm saying, if the contracts would not renew. Got it. Okay. So anyway, what I find interesting is that they have so Morbius in strictly in the Sony world? or because Right. He's only know, Sony. Kind of conflating. He's only Sony side. Because I know they're trying to do that with also Venom and... Right, the Sinister Six, thing. which is they've been trying to do for forever. But yeah. that's on the Sony side. Got it. All they right. should merge together Michael Keaton's Tootsie character and Morbius. That would be cool. <laughs> you know, I, I you know I know you're always trying to get that joke in there, but that was actually a relevant joke. I think relevant. Yeah, because like in my mind, I could see him cross dressing his Tootsie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did it. it bring it back, you know? Why not? They're gonna bring him Michael in from Keaton. other movies. I, I, she, Dustin Hoffman. I, I know what she meant. Yeah. I know what she meant. I know oh what my she meant. god! I, yeah. I, you know what, before wasn't... I said it, I was like, I'm gonna. I know it. what she meant. I was gonna. I was letting let it go. No, oh, fine. <laughs> no. I knew it. I had a feeling. <laughs> you I, tried. I, I, I am. I am literally sitting here in front of IMDb. You can't pull this on me. <laughs> she tried. She tried. She tried. Now, if no, you I want, <laughs> if you try. want, you could cross. <laughs> you could cross Michael <laughs> Keaton's character with Beetlejuice. Or Mr. Mom. Is that the role he had, Mr. Mom? He was in Mr. Mom, yeah. All right, I always make up Mr. Mom and Tootsie. I always mix them up. <laughs> what people forget about Michael Keaton, too, he was actually a stand-up comedian to begin. Right, I heard that recently. He was. Yes, he was a stand-up comedian. He was actually very good. He did very cerebral stand-up comedy. Interesting. I gotta see yeah. this. Yeah. So he did a whole yeah. bit about where he was reading a uh, Bazooka Joe uh, comic discussing the uh, physics of time and it's quite clever huh yeah. huh okay gotta see this everyone check it out michael keenan took the stand up <laughs> but in the words of lavar burton you don't have to take my word for it uh, right. so moving on moving on 
Woo. His real name is Michael Douglas, by the way. Yeah, I, know that. <laughs> I knew that. Um, yeah, he changed it so that way he wouldn't be confused with Michael Douglas. I think so. he should have challenged the other Michael Douglas. That would have been funny. It's like, who's going to be the better actor, Michael Douglas or Michael Douglas? He took the name of Keaton from Diane Keaton, and Diane Keaton took it from Buster Keaton. So moving on. Really? Oh, <laughs> yep. Okay. Moving on. Interesting. From the dropping knowledge bombs here, Mark. Yeah, I like it. This is That's great. why he's definition man. From yep. the mistress of the dead actually dies department. Dynamite Entertainment has announced a new comic starring Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark, called The Death of Elvira, which mm. has been described as, <clears throat> they say every comic book hero dies once or twice. Usually, they get better. 30 years ago, Superman met his end by the hands of Doomsday. Dynamite's own Vampirella was spelled by her nemesis, Nyx, NYX. Now it is time for the Mistress of the Dark's turn. Could this be the death of Elvira? Or is just a desperate attempt to get fans to buy this thrilling issue? Only one way to find out. <laughs> um, Elvira says, I've done a lot of wild things as a mistress of, the, mistress of the dark. Everything from film to television, music to comics, even wearing wired headphones and yoga pants. But there's one huge item left on my bucket list. And that's dying. Don't panic, horror hounds. There's more to this fine, tingling tale than meets the eye. Uh, this 40-page special is expected to debut this summer. I'm curious to see if they actually are going to kill her off and let her stay dead. Huh. No. Is there no? actual any backstory of Elvira? Or was just the know. creation of Cassandra she just Peterson? she just exists as as right, a, like there is I mean there was the movie, right? So it was a movie, but she she was um you mean the uh, the creation of the character or like yeah, her is there like real an story? Actual, like, is there an actual, like, a, a backstory of the character right. as to who she is, where she comes from, like, within the story of Elvira? Oh. Well, no. I know in real life, she was on, like, what is it, a local TV channel. And Correct. then the people obviously didn't right. think she was going to be worth much because they let her have the rights. But the, right. but the character, I don't know. Yeah. Right. In, in story, she's kind of like, um, well, I guess at, at the time, there were certain characters that just existed, like Phoebe Herman. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what's the guy's name? Vern. Um, the, the Ernest P. Worrell, right, right, right. That they, okay. they just existed in the world as a character who they were, that character, and that's who Got they it. were. They just that's how they were. So she doesn't have some sort of background per se, because like in my, for me, Elvira just is. She's right, just exactly. She just she exists. She like brings in uh, horror movies. She was something that you saw like on uh, probably not the right channel, but like WPIX, like a horror night, and boom, there's Elvira. Right. I'm just wondering, is she connected or did they ever do a backstory? Her, her character does not have a backstory, but she yeah. has an origin of the character. Got it. Because so, I, I equate her similar with um, uh, the Munsters as well as the Adams family, that, that same sort of look. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, she's actually uh, uh, going to be in the new uh, Munsters movie now that you mentioned it. Um, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see if we have enough time for this one. All right. So from the department actor bruce willis has announced that he is quote-unquote stepping away from acting after he was diagnosed with aphasia um yeah. his daughter rumor says quote 
Uh, to Bruce's amazing supporters, as a family, we wanted to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities. As a result of this, with much consideration, Bruce is stepping away from his career that was meant so much to him. Uh, for those of you who do not know, aphasia is a language disorder caused by damage in a specific area of the brain that controls language expression and comprehension. Aphasia leaves a person unable to communicate effectively with others and is frequently the result of a stroke. Now, I have heard rumors years ago about uh, Bruce's Will Bruce Willis's condition, which they explained, which was why they had never made the new um, uh, Die Hard which was one of the reasons that that happened, which was why he started to do a whole bunch of direct-to-DVD uh, films where he just had a small role, and they could use that to boost sales because that's all he was able to do. Oh. So I knew this. I, I had heard rumors that his health was failing and that he couldn't remember lines. And this about, I'm going to say, about five years ago. Man. Wasn't it you or someone was saying he was in seven movies? This yeah, year, he was in seven movies knows. of uh, he was in seven movies uh, last year of 2021. Yeah, director video, which is why he was uh, nominated and won uh, the mm. Razzie for worst Bruce Willis performance in a Bruce Willis movie starring Bruce Willis. Right. But now it kind of has a, a, a sad. But then they took they took it back when they found that out. Like, oh, because they feel you know, like you're kicking a guy when he's down to say like, yeah, your movies were terrible. It's like, well, you know, this is why. Like, oh. This is um, our senior correspondent, Charlie Sheldon, is not here, but this uh, reminds me of when Frank Sinatra uh, was his health was failing and he couldn't remember the words to his song. So he had like a teleprompter and, mm -hmm. you know, try and sing the songs that he does or um, what happened with um, uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth that he also had um, something happened recently. As a matter of fact, I think it was this year where he just is unable to remember the lyrics of his own songs and, and it comes out wow. slurred and his performance isn't great. So it is right. a very, very sad thing to see that this is how he's going to go out. It's very sad. It makes me um, appreciate his performance in Glass even more because I felt he had a, a good performance in that Yeah, movie. I think that was one of his last, uh, last it, big it ones. It came right? out in 2019. Yeah, I would say it's one of his last good, really good performance because even though he, he does not have... He does speak, obviously, in the movie, but his lines are kind of short, you know, and they're very to the point. But, but that works for the character that he's playing anyway, right? Who's so, kind of like you know stern and dour. Um, they don't; they're not giving a reason as to how he came to have aphasia specifically for him. They said it could be a stroke. I heard that it could right. be an injury. I wonder if it for it if it was an injury from a stunt or something that he did. It is possible. I mean, you know. there's, there's no, um, there's no wrong answer until we know for sure. And we may never actually know why. That's, that's true. It's none of our business. Um, I feel, you know, look, he's, he's rich and everything and everyone can say this, but having dealt with someone with a neurological disorder from, for years, neurological disorders are, are horrific. There's almost never a cure for them. They go on, they're torturous to, the person, the family, everyone around them. So my sympathy and feelings go out to him, the family, everyone. Not that they care, not that they know, but. <laughs> they're listening know. right now. You just they're listening. Them. Yes. I'm going to get a, ter a terse email from Demi Moore saying, how dare you say this about my ex-husband? Exactly. Um, no, but it, it's very difficult dealing with a neurological disorder and having a neurological disorder. It's 
next to impossible. There is never a really a cure that I have ever heard of for neurological disorders. There's really no surgery. No, you can manage it with medication and maybe some therapies, but it, it's it sucks and, and it it takes from you. So it, I know um, it's very it's it's horrible. I'm correct. Feel bad. Yes. Um, yes. So I know L man Jenny Feldy as an actress. Um, you are well aware of uh, some of the tricks that can be used to hide things like this, which is why it's possible yep. that, that this has been happening for longer than, than people realize. Um, yep, I was thinking of that the whole time you were talking. Yeah, so why don't you quickly throw out maybe one or two uh, tricks that they use. Okay, well, supposedly Marlon Brando had an earpiece. I've had an earpiece before, not for acting, but for uh, learning things uh, uh, secretly in school. So you could do that, and then someone could feed you the lines. Um, also, if you have a hard time memorizing may or may not work depending but i just did this for a few movies uh two days ago you record your lines and then just listen to them over and over like a song and then that song becomes kind of ingrained and then you speak your lines while listening to your song your scenes that's another you one that. you see that in like um once upon a time in hollywood where where um leo dicaprio's character is kind of doing that listening and learning his lines over and over again listening to it Oh, so he records himself and he listens. I yeah, I think so. And you just see him like making drinks and listening to his lines and hanging out in his pool. And I just did that now for my boyfriend so he can learn his lines. So I did that. And another thing is um, print the lines out really big on a piece of paper and just kind of put it below you out of frame and just glance at it and then do the line and glance at it and do the line. A lot of movies are shot like that. My favorite yeah, one yeah, that uh, Elman Jane Philly didn't mention is that sometimes some actors stick the lines on their co-stars and they have to, when they're back into the camera and they're facing it, they just read the lines right off the person. Well, I didn't know about that one. I'm so glad you told me. Thank you. <laughs> I've heard like for mute, uh, um, Brando never liked to memorize lines. Right. It's so he, was always, <laughs> he was always considered like one of the, the greatest actors of his generation. He hated acting. He thought it was not a manly profession. He detested the fact that he did it, but he was so gifted at it, people felt. Maybe that's and, why, because he wasn't why, trying to be an actor. He just did yeah. it. So when he did Mutiny on the Bounty, um, he just had cue cards. And they said you could just subtly see him looking past his <laughs> co-star to read his lines off the cue uh, card. Uh, <laughs> that's that's, re he was notoriously difficult to work with, so that's why they didn't. the studio didn't want him for The Godfather. Huh. Like, oh, we don't want to take a chance on him. As he's, I say, difficult to work with. I like, yeah, I he's like difficult to work with. And uh, what's his name? Robert Duvall like, was amazed by him. He's sitting on, in his chair. Then a scene comes up. He just goes up. He does the scene. He sits back down like without prep, without like having to get into character. He just goes. He does the scene. He comes back. And Duvall's like, I, can't, I couldn't believe anyone could just go do it like that well i was just listening to joey diaz and he said you know what if you can anyone who could fog up the bottom of a glass you can act it if you can, <laughs> I love joey if you can diaz. breathe you can act i like that i love joey diaz joey diaz is the funniest line of all time my my six-year-old daughter's done nothing with the life <laughs> ah, that's six joey i don't care when i was six i had i was an apprentice runner for a numbers guy i got stitches three so times and i seen a james bond movie already uh, uh, that's funny. Less than a minute to go. Yeah, I love him. We've got to end a new segment. So, uh, L Man, Jenny Feldy, final thought. Be real, be kind. That's it. Just be nice, as my grandma says. Dominic, definition of Spinal. Take it home. Yeah, don't be like Joey D is his daughter. Do something with your life. Yeah. <laughs> Even if she's only six. <laughs> so, with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with a game from the radio.
Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about identity. The John Cusack film and Ray Liotta film that took place many, many years ago. Who's Ray Liotta? Who's Ray Liotta? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you never saw Goodfellas either, so... What's Goodfellas? <laughs> yeah, what's Goodfellas? I'm going to have to catch you up on some of these mobster <laughs> movies. You didn't even see The Godfather yet. Yeah. You can't just show me your eyes. You're on radio. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know? Yes, you don't know what it is. I get it. But you were talking about... Forget it. All right. So who else was in that movie that you would have even known? Who's the girl? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Chloe, well, it's Chloe Duvall. The one that was in Oranges. Not in Oranges. At the end of the movie where she was, like, picking oranges. Oh, um... Amanda Pete, I think it was. So anyway, you probably haven't seen her before either. No. Right. Okay. So I tell haven't us... seen any other characters except the main one. Right, John Cusack. Yeah. Who's been in like a ton of films. Yeah. What do you know him from? Do you remember? No. <laughs> oh man, remember that movie in 2012 we watched? Oh was yeah, that was movie? an awesome one. Yeah, where he's like running, right from yeah. from the destruction that of the really earth. That was really cool. Okay. So in those movies, do they actually like run on those planks, or is it a green screen, and they're just on a treadmill? I don't think they're on a treadmill. <laughs> I don't know where they're running. Well, I think they're running in a field. I think they have the green screen or the CGI in the background. I don't think that that time for 2012 they were in suits, green suits, and running because there was a lot of stuff that was going on. What do you mean? Well, in that movie, there was a ton of stuff going well, yeah. on. Yeah. But I think, like, back then, I mean, it wasn't well, real. Well, how did they do, stunts. like, the mosh pit of people? Well, they get the... they get everybody together, and they just hire a lot of extras, and they're all in a... Yeah, but, like, are they actually on top of each other, or is that a green screen? What do you mean on top of each other? Like, Because weren't they on top of each other when they're trying to get to the boat or whatever? Uh, well, if they're climbing on top of each other, yeah, that's probably green screen stuff or computer graphics. They probably have a few people and they multiply them or something like that. Ah. But anyway, tell me about identity. Uh, basically. You... Yeah, go ahead. It was about this guy, though you didn't know it was this guy. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? You're explaining things lately like terrible. <laughs> I don't explain things well. Well, maybe you should start <laughs> prepping a little bit more about the movies you're going to talk about. You go. You want me to go say it? About how basically there's this guy who has 13 different personalities. Oh, yeah, multiple person. Oh, my God, multiple personality disorder. Right, and basically what's happening with all those personalities? Um, They're all fighting for... Dominance. Yeah. Into the main guy, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't really know this throughout the movie, right? We just yeah. know that there's... You know that towards the end. Yes, spoiler. 
You're welcome. Yes, I'm spoiling <laughs> it too. But anyway, the movie is so old and nobody has really watched it in like ages probably. But it's on Netflix and you should watch it because it's... Really good. It's really good, right? <laughs> so they're all at a motel and there's a bunch of murder. Jake Busey, the son of Gary Busey, whose birthday is on your day. I don't know. Either of those people. Oh my gosh. I've got to show you more. No, you know Gary Busey? Yeah, which one was he? He was in Point Break. He was the cop who died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Come on. Get with it. Get with it. Are you not with the movie? I don't remember anymore? these names. Oh gosh. All right, fine. So now you're in the. All right, so anyway. I remember Brad Pitt. That's terrible that he's your only actor that you remember. No, I remember others. I sort of remembered the. Who? John Cusack? No. The, no. Denzel? No. <laughs> What's his name? George Washington? No. <laughs> George Washington? Where are you coming from today? Oh my gosh. I remember the actor's names. He was in Seven. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's totally different than George Washington. I always feel like his name should be Denzel Washington or like George Washington. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Denzel Washington's in another movie that I we're going to talk about called Fallen. Yeah. And a bunch of other films. Anyway, did you like this movie, Identity? <laughs> yes, it was good. It was good. I don't think we talked like about it at all during the show. Well, we sort of did a little bit. <laughs> anyway, they were all battling to see who won, right? Yeah. And you liked it? Yes. <laughs> okay. I think you should watch it. Yes, you Maybe? should. Okay. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from Came From The Radio, and I cannot believe I am go about to talk to Denise Crosby. Denise is um, the most seasoned actress that I will ever interview. Star Trek, Pet Cemetery, The Walking Dead. Um, now my, my TV show is science fiction, and I uh, am not even going to start with Star Trek. They're going to hate me for that. Oh, no. But Denise, how are you? I am so good. It's so nice to talk to you. Okay, thank you so much. Let me ask you something. Um, Pet Cemetery. That was a real groundbreaking film. How was it to work on that uh, film? You know, it was so. I was so privileged to be able to do that movie. Um, first of all, I, I I was a huge Stephen King fan before I even you know stepped foot on the on the set. Also, my dear dear friend Mary Lambert was. Uh, uh, the director of the film and she had made a promise to me that we would work on a future film together and she held true to her word and that's very rare in Hollywood as you you can imagine so um, it was just a, a great place to be you know we, we got to film in Maine uh, Stevens Stevens land you know that he knows so well and writes about so beautifully and um, it was it, it you know it, it, it stood the test of time I mean people seem to really really appreciate the film 
And now let's move to Ray Donovan. Such a powerful series, and you are magnificent on that. How again? I'm just going to ask you how it feels because I'm the guy on the other side watching you. Oh my God! Again. Um so Ann Bitterman, um, the, the, the creator of Ray Donovan, just wrote a very uh, hard-hitting, um, edgy piece of drama. And it was the second series I was privileged to work uh, on with her. She had uh, created the show Southland that ran for a number of years. Um, and when Ray Donovan came along, I, I saw this, this part. I had read the script and uh, just thought it'd be so much fun to, to be part of. And, and, it, and it was, it was, you know, people really responded to this show and it was just great. Okay, now I gotta do this. <laughs> Tasha, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that spaceship thing uh, again. Do you had to realize the? I always ask, like Will Shatner. I had to ask him, did you realize what was going to happen? And he would go, No, I didn't. You know, but um, you went into it knowing that you were going to be. Ev oh my God, just uh, associate with this, associated with this forever. It's. It's impossible to, you know, to, to really envision what your life is going to be like, you know, once you step into this. Um, you know, we were the first show um, to, to, to kick it off after a 25-year hiatus. So, um, quite frankly, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to work at all. Um, fans were, were, were very protective and, you know, they loved their franchise and um, we weren't met with great uh, you know enthusiasm at first until the show began to air and people seemed to really really respond and but you know it's it's extraordinary um, how it has touched a nerve in our modern culture and resonates still to this day okay now here comes the big question. What's down the road for Denise Crosby? Well, I, I continue to, you know, do different different roles, different parts in television, movies, theater. Um, I'm writing right now, which is really exciting for me. I'm entering a new kind of chapter. And, um, you know, it's just, I just finished a role on NCIS. I played the Secretary of the Navy, which uh, may be recurring, so we'll see how that goes. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, privileged that I can continue to, you know, stay in this beautiful, beautiful art form. Well, do um, not that you need people to get it, but do you have social media where can pe people see projects that are coming up? Absolutely, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at the Denise Crosby. Um, you can; it's verified, so it has the little blue check. Um, except no, no, no others except that one. And please do. Um, there are uh, I, I, I tweet, and um, I, I'd love for you guys to to come along. Denise, thank you so much. Keep inspiring, and it was a pleasure talking to you. It is my pleasure to see you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Charlie Saladino from the WinterCon with Denise Crosby. Back to you, Mark.
Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not true believers, we at the comic book school may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. I'm here at an amazing event, the movie premiere of Sarah Martin's movie, The One. And I've just come out of the theater, and it is one amazing, amazing movie. And uh, I cannot say anything about the movie without spoilers, because this is that kind of movie. So uh, without any further ado, we'll let Sarah tell you about the whole thing. Sarah? Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, the movie The One is about online dating gone wrong. It's a psychological thriller about a guy that meets a girl online and flies 3,000 miles to meet the girl of his dreams until night falls and the truth is revealed. You're going to have to see the movie to, to, to know more. Wow, and let me tell you something. Um, I was uh, watching this, and it's kind of like a, um, to me, it was kind of like my, my personal, like a dusk till dawn, because there was one story going on, and you're following that, all of a sudden, <laughs> it switches gears like a 10-ton Mack truck in a good way. Um, it, it's nothing, it, nothing that didn't flow into anything. Uh, where did you come up with this? Well, I just kind of, I know that online dating can be a, a slippery slope, and actually a lot of my ideas came from my dreams, which is so crazy, and I just wrote them down, and then I said, you know, this would be a great idea to add on to this story, and I wanted to make sure that there wasn't any slow points in the film and that it just kept you going the entire time. Yeah. And that's what that's what it does. And your your actors are amazing. Um, they whatever the character is, they make you either love them or hate them. They do such a great job. You got you uh, such a great acting crew. How did that come about? Um, all these actors are amazing. I got them all from backstage. They're all legitimate actors, and they really believed in their roles. And this is the best cast and crew I've ever ever had to date. I love them. They're, you would think these guys knew each other forever. They are just wonderful people, and I'm actually very thankful to have the best cast I've ever had. Well, every time I talk to your actors, they give me the same, the same exact thing. Oh my God, we love working with Sarah. She's great. So you all love too, besides having great actors. Um, what's next? How can people see this film? Um, I want to do the festival route for this film next to try to get more people involved and see this film. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to put it online yet, but I would like to do the festival route, which was my original plan back in 2019. But then the pandemic happened and we had to postpone everything so i would like to go with my original plan and do the festivals now i want to ask you first of all i want to thank you for the hat i love my hat and uh and i will be promoing that on uh you'll see a picture of me in the hat folks but uh i need to ask you something which has nothing to do with the film although this is the kind of film something like that could have been in what's with the ice fishing 
Oh, you're so, you're so funny. Earlier in the night, Charlie came up to me. He goes, I got to ask you about this ice fishing. So I was in Maine just doing some um, bird photography. Um, so funny. I, I go and shoot all the puffins, and I, and I try to submit them to National Geographic. So anyway, so we were out on the ice looking for some bald eagles, and these guys were ice fishing with their dogs. And I said, hey, do you think I can snap some ice fishing uh, photos of you guys? And so we played around all day with these ice fishermen, and it was just so much fun, and I had never seen anything like that before. So it was actually really random, and I just thought it was so cool. So I added it to my portfolio. I thought it was I thought it was fabulous. I'm I'm laughing because you walk up to the ice hole and you just stick your freaking arm in it, and I'm thinking that must be ice like cold. That's to the point of burning. Yes, it was actually freezing cold, and I actually did that a few times. So I did this cute little video where I stick my arm into the ice hole, and it's actually 14 inches thick, so my arm can't even surpass how thick that ice is. They can actually drive a truck on the ice. That's how thick this ice is. So it was just random and fun, and I I wanted to do a cute video, so you can find that on my Facebook page. That's awesome. It, it was very amusing, and if you came up with a fish, that would have been it for me. But anyway, Sarah... Give your social media, how people can get in touch with you and all that. Sure. You can find me on uh, Facebook.com slash SilentEnvyProductions, uh, Instagram.com slash SilentEnvyProductions, and my website is www.SilentEnvyProductions.com. Oh, that's beautiful, Sarah. I want to thank you for several things. Uh, the invite here, it's always a pleasure. You were a fan of the shows for years, and uh, the hat, which I love, and just the overall, just being hooked up with nice people, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more interviews with them. Sarah Martin, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. This is El Man. I just watched the new Titanic movie, Mysteries From The Grave, True Stories From Titanic Survivors. I recommend watching this if you like to learn how to survive a shipwreck or maybe how to prevent a sinking ship or if you just like to learn about the Titanic. So these are my opinions, which are usually very strange. Um, side note, I was told by a psychic that I was a rich lady who died on the Titanic. And perhaps that's why I hated the Leo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, sorry, uh, movie. And I walked out as a little kid hating, hating that movie. And I cried watching Mysteries from the Grave. I actually had a visceral reaction um, picturing the boat sinking. And uh, okay, so conspiracy theorists, here's my first topic. Conspiracy theorists say that maybe this was planned. There were rich people on that boat. Rich people are often uh, targets to be killed. The owners of Macy's were on that boat. Um, all right, so number one, why is it maybe planned? It's rumored that the captain sent the wrong color flares signaling that everything's okay. They are saying that the captain sent out white flares. That means everything's fine. But according to Raph Avila, who is a wealth of information about the Titanic. He is a Titanic social media influencer. I just interviewed him. You can see that in a separate video and separate interview on this radio show. 
And he says that they found all different color flares. Um, so he thinks that perhaps any color flare was sent out and that it wasn't actually a mandate, wrong word, uh, that the white flare signaled no problem. Like back then, they were sending out any color flares. So it, there's, it wasn't very clear back then which color flare meant which thing. So the whole idea that uh, the Captain Smith sent out a white flare saying no problem is not true. Okay. Uh, you know, but there's many different forms of reality. So Wrath uh, Avila says no. Uh, number two, uh, the captain ignored warnings from the other boat, the Californian. According to Mysteries from the Grave, yes, the captain ignored warnings from the Californian and he should have taken these warnings. According to Raf Avila, many boats sent warnings to the Titanic, warning that there was ice. The captain said, okay, okay, you keep getting the same warning. So uh, after he got more warnings from the Californian warning of ice, he ignored them uh, because he already got the message. But after he got the message, why didn't he avoid the ice? Hmm, I don't know. Also, there was an evacuation drill that was skipped in lieu of letting people go to church. Um, okay. Uh, and then there was only 27 people or 12 people, 12 people accommodating the first lifeboat, 27 people filling another lifeboat, and they could accommodate 50 to 60 people. So... The staff on the boat were not forcing people to be on these lifeboats. So maybe more lives, lives could have been saved if people were more willing to go on the boats. So why wasn't someone on the Titanic pushing people to get on these lifeboats? Well, one of the theories is that a lot of people for the first hour or two or even three didn't think that this was really an emergency. Um, this is kind of fascinating to me. Supposedly, one pa passenger had premonitions. Esther Hart would lie awake at night, prepared to leave at any time. She would go to sleep fully dressed. So maybe she was just a little paranoid. Maybe she had premonitions. Uh, I have trust issues. Whatever people say they're going to do, often they do the opposite. Or they don't follow through. It's very common. And just realizing this as a truth uh, it will help life be a little bit easier for you. So many of the press releases stated that the vessel declared to be unsinkable, that the Titanic was unsinkable. That's silly. Uh, fake news existed in 1912, 1913, 1914. Very interesting facts. I thought this was very interesting. My mom asked, how do they get so much coal? How do they get all this stuff on the ship? I don't know. I, I guess someone carried it. That's another question for Raph. There were 40,000 eggs on the Titanic, 75,000 pounds of meat, 36,000 apples, 336 gallons of drinking water. I mean, me packing for a trip to Woodstock at the end of the month is crazy. Um, so I jokingly was saying that women and children were told to go on the lifeboats first. So why women and children? So my mom said it was due to uh, po populating So because the women could repopulate and carry on. Um, but I don't know if that's really true. <laughs> so my comedic takeaway is that we have too many people on the Long Island Expressway. The roads are crowded. Uh, I think things are a little overpopulated in a lot of the cities for my taste. So if the Titanic were to happen nowadays and I were the captain, I would say women and children last. Again, this is my opinion, not women and children first. 
Because do we really need uh, more reproducers on this planet? <laughs> Sorry, a lot of guys, a lot of you guys aren't going to like it. Save the women so we can have more children. Maybe we should be having less children. No, I have um, no collusion with Chinese or Russia. I'll end it at this because this has been derailed and we're at six minutes. This has been L-Man signing off. And now back to more It Came From The Radio. <laughs> If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or... Just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.